Woo, Mr. Logical. Yeah. Woo, I tell you. <laughs> yes. You are now listening to the sounds of Sports Reports' is ordered. And let me tell you right now, Mr. Logical ain't got to worry. Because if I see somebody putting him in the chokehold, we going to be tussling up in there. So what I'm telling you is, if you got friends that are fake. That act like foes. Just call them chargers and get them out your face. You don't want no friends where you don't know what you're going to get on a week-to-week basis. Don't hang with the chargers. So, tonight, it's Thursday. What does it mean? It means picks, picks, and more picks. NFL. College football. We're going to talk about the Draymond Green suspension. He out here thinking he Brutus the Barber beefcake, putting people in the sleep of hole. <laughs> thinking it's WWE on the week. Thinking it's WWE. Weekday. But first, a little get it off my chest. So, I know, I know, usually the connotation of get it off my chest is negative. And initially, you know, I was going to get up on here and call out cat, but we could do that later. You know what I'm saying? So in the meantime, getting off my chest can be something positive. Now, we all know that my one of my previous get it off my chest, I wanted James Madison to get the waiver. The NCAA came down today and said no to them and Jacksonville State. Jacksonville State coached by Rich Rod, you know, by the way. But anyway, get it off my chest. Today is a celebration because a couple of months ago, we watched two schools in small towns get screwed over. You know, my heart went out to Corvallis, Oregon, Pullman, Washington, the Palouse, as USC and UCLA decided to go to the Big Ten and said, okay, Pac-12 is back to the Pac-10. Not so fast. Oregon and Washington on the way to the Big Ten. The Arizona schools, Utah, Colorado, on their way to the Big 12. And then before you could even blink and brush your teeth, Stanford and Cal's in the ACC next year. So yeah, you got make, Oregon. It doesn't make any sense, too. I don't care. It's Atlantic Coast Conference. Yeah, the All-Coast Conference now. The All-Coast Conference. You know what I'm saying? Like, we diverse up in here. You know, but... You know, so Oregon State and Washington State were left behind to pick up the pieces. What are they going to do? Are they going to have to join the Mountain West? Are they going to call the American and try to get in there? So what did they do? They did what any American would have did. They took it to trial. And the judge and the judge voted yesterday, or, or I should say the judge decided yesterday to give Oregon State and Washington State the Pac-12 rights. For now, of course, you know, the other schools are going to appeal. You know, it might take a few months to get a total resolution. But in the meantime, this is a victory. So there are $400 million or a little bit more than that up for grabs in this situation. So, of course, these schools like USC, Washington, whoever, they were trying to use that money to pay their buyouts and all that to pay their entries into the Big Ten. Washington State and Oregon State said, uh-uh. That's our money. 
our money. So now, what do they do with the money? Because they can't just go out here and NIL everything and go get Shador or something, you know, like, you know, go get Travis Hunter from Colorado. They can't do that. But what they can do potentially is grab some of those Mountain West schools, Boise State, San Diego State, Fresno, so on, so on forth, you know, and add them to a new Pac-12 where they get to keep the branding, you know, which is more valuable than the Mountain West name. You know, the only question that I have is it's one thing if you join the Mountain West, we imagine the TV deal is not going to be very lucrative. Not really. But if I stay and remain calling myself the Pac-12 and I go out and grab these Mountain West schools, is that worth an extra few million dollars on a TV deal? You know, I guess to be continued, we'll have to see. But for the time being, I just want to give a shout out to Oregon State and Washington State for fighting the good fight. And don't let these Benedict Arnolds get away with it. <laughs> Yo, this, this TV deal, I hope it's settled. I hope they figure it out. Because going from the 14 playoff to the 12 team playoff, and then you got Stanford and the ACC, and then you got the Mountain West, and then you got the Big 12. I hope they figure it out because if they have, if they have to revamp this whole thing again, it's going to be like 24 teams in the playoffs because six schools are going to break off and be their own little thing. Or these other schools are going to just expect to, to get in every single year. The SEC is going to go down to whatever amount of teams. And it just, it kind of, like, I understand change has to change. I'm not one of these old dudes, this get off my line kind of situation. I understand, like, you have to get, uh, you have to have growth in your organization that you're, you're bound to fail. But some of it just was, is just a little bit too much. And I hope they kind of figure it out. And I'm happy if they do figure it out. But right now it's just like Stanford the ACC. I, just, I can't get with it. I can't get with it until I see how it plays out. <laughs> It's like the play-in or the or the, the the midseason tournament, all those other things that that happened. Even the twelve-team playoff, I'm not sure how I'm gonna be good with that because it might be a situation where, and we get six, five teams for one conference. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be one of those things where it's got to play out. I'm gonna have to be like, all right, it's good. It makes sense to me. I'll so so so, so if uh, five teams, like, hypothetically, you know, if three to five teams from the same conference get mm-hmm. in the twelve-team playoff, do I get to say? What I already say, I thought every week matters. Now, it only matters if you are a small school. If you're a team that generates and drives revenue, then you get a couple of weeks. Yeah, like one of the things that we love about the NFL is that these teams play twice. You know, you play your rival twice and all that kind of stuff. In college football, you know, it's like, I don't want no rematch. Like, you know, don't tell me every week matters. You know, I mean, obviously, you know how I feel. Don't tell me every week matters if Alabama is going to get in the playoff before Texas does. <laughs> I mean, it every week matters after week three. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, get it. That was my get it off my chest. I just wanted to shed some light on Corvallis and the Palouse. The Palouse. Love that word. The Palouse. You you love that word. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm a like I said, I'm a big. Like I said, I'm liking the I'm like the way sports is going right now. I'm liking the way college football is shaping up. Uh, I want to make sure that Jane Daniels is at the top of the Heisman list. I don't know how he's not. Like what he's doing 
in the three quarters that he played against Alabama, he had over 160 rushing yards and over 200 passing yards. I think he had like three, maybe four touchdowns that game, five touchdowns last week after potentially, you know, battling through a, a potential concussion. You know how that works. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I just, I just want to make sure he gets, gets his due and he gets to New York, even if he doesn't win it, which I think he should, he definitely should be there over a guy like JJ McCarthy. I don't care that your offensive line, your defensive line is so good. That doesn't make you the Heisman. I mean, like, it's not really a get off my chest, but just something I was thinking about. Like, even Bo Nix. I think Bo Nix has earned it, but he is, like, 27 years old. He should be able to beat out uh, some, some, some kids that just were in high school a year ago. But what Jay Daniels is doing in LSU with Brian Kelly, who people don't really feel is a top-flight coach, he just, you know, he's done a good job at Cincinnati. He did a good job at, at Notre Dame. But for him to be performing at that level, and we could, we saw what his defense has done in the mm-hmm. games that they lost, is the defense is just, they couldn't stop Alabama the whole second half. They couldn't stop Ole Miss, and they couldn't stop Florida State. Mm-hmm. But yet he's still out there putting up numbers, keeping them in the game, because the game wouldn't be respectable without, you know, his performance. That's That embodies a Heisman to me. Right, it's not just the best player on a stacked team. Like Mac Jones was the quarterback on Alabama's best team, but they recognized that it was Devontae Smith that was making that engine go. So I think the I think the NCAA does a better job of recognizing that. Right. All right. So it's Thursday. We talked about it. Picks. Time for a little chaos theory. So if you remember, and in case you don't remember, you remember that we are, wherever you get your podcast, we are on YouTube. So hopefully you saw, before the season started, two five top 25 questions about college football, where I said that Oregon State was going to make the Pac-12 championship game against Washington by beating Washington in the regular season. So here we are. We are here. It's the weekend. Washington invades Corvallis. You know, I'm still sticking with the Beavers. DJ Uyangale, you know, he and I, you know, I still don't even know if I'm saying his name right. I practice it a couple times. I think times. it's Ungalele. Yeah, I don't know. I've been practicing it, but it just don't come out. But anyway, you know, he has not thrown an interception since September 29th on that Friday night when they upset the Utes. He's thrown 12 touchdowns since then. You know, Damian Martinez leading the running game, but I think Washington's going to get a healthy dose of Silas Bolden, who you might remember from the Utah game. Number two, the little short guy, he's going to get some, he's going to get the ball in space and give Washington some problems because the problem with Washington is it's not that their defense is bad, their defense just isn't good. So they're not like a bottom defense, they're not USC. But they're just middle of the pack. You know, there are yards to be had against them. And Oregon State can run the ball well enough to make Penix have to press when he comes onto the field because we've seen he didn't throw a touchdown pass against Arizona State. So this is not one of those games where you're playing against Tim Tebow back when he was at Florida, and you're like, how are we going to stop him? Like, no matter what we do, if he's going to run on us, he's going to do – we saw Michael Penix is human. You know, they struggled with Stanford. 
Now it's time for those chickens to come home to roost. Yeah, this is the thing, though. I understand, like, it's a road game. And Seattle is a substantial distance as far as if you go from the Pacific Northwest down to Oregon. But I don't think it's that pressing. I think Washington has aspirations of being in the college football playoffs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I know DJ Ungalele started out at Clemson. He was a St. John's Bosco guy. He was part of, he was in that documentary. uh, Was it called Quarterback? It was a Netflix documentary uh, where they followed him, Sam Hartman, and uh, Spencer Rattler. It was he wasn't they weren't following they were following the, the starter at John St. John Bosco. He ended up going to Iowa State, and I don't really think his career really panned out much after that. So he's been in the spotlight for a few years. Do they have a chance to beat Washington? Yes, but I just think that certain teams on the mission. And if you want to believe a conspiracy theory that like, hey, the the referee is going to give the upper hand to the team so they can get more, maybe that's the case. I don't know. But I'm going to ride with Washington. I'm going to ride with the, the left-handed Michael Penix Jr., the unorthodox thrower. And I think he just finds a way. Um, I think he just finds a way to, to, to win on the road. I know they oh. had to they had to scare against Utah, but I think Utah just plays – Utah plays – a an NFL defensive style offensively it leaves a lot to be desired but i think the 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 framing the players the way utah plays defense it might be tough for college kids because they do they play a little bigger they play a little faster they play a little smarter they play older like i said we talk about BYU and utah a lot of their players aren't five star guys coming out so it's a lot of guys who kind of grind their way through so you'll have you know, a handful of 21 and 22 year olds just on the field at any given time between special teams, defense, offense. So I think like Utah just has that perfect kind of combination that, that can give you trouble. I'm not well, sure if Oregon state has that same kind of cash as far as like the, the maturity of their defense. How would you like to be Oregon state right now though? I mean, obviously the results are going to be one thing, but just thinking about the moment, they play Washington this week, and they get Oregon next week. Like, they got a chance to set the chaos into motion just by beating one of them. They don't even have to beat both of them. Just beat one of them, and this chaos gets started. You know, if they beat Washington, then obviously Washington has to beat Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game. I don't think they'll have any problems with Wazoo next week at home. You know, uh, if if – Oregon loses, then they become spoiler because if they still make the Pac-12 title game, they still have the opportunity to knock Washington out. So the Pac-12 is very live right now. The Pac-12 is very live right now. And, you know, as far as upset alert. What you got? What you got? All right. I am going with Memphis over SMU. You know, as an alert, I'm not picking the straight up upset. I'm just saying I'm putting SMU on upset alert. All right, here's the big one. You know, because whenever you pick an upset, this is the problem, right? It's an upset. It's an upset. So it's not supposed to happen. And I know everybody's going to tell me I sound crazy when I say this. 
But if I didn't say it, I just wouldn't be 2-5. Exactly. So, upset alert. This team has lost 16 straight against this team. This game is on the road at the team's place that has won 16 in a row. You know, this is an all-time series where the favorite in this game leads the all-time series 31-2. to two. So you're just going. Just... And yet, I'm putting Penn State on upset alert against Rutgers this weekend. Come on, dog. Rutgers just got shut out. Look, I'm trying to tell you a word here. Like, up until last week when Michigan played Penn State, Rutgers was the closest team to Michigan all season. You just saw a couple of weeks ago. Don't think Ohio State didn't sweat in that game. You know, so Rutgers is here. Six and four. They're bowl eligible. Nothing to lose. You know, nobody's expecting anything from them. Greg Schiano needs a signature win this time around at Rutgers. But as far as the actual upsets that I'm picking, the actual upsets that I'm picking, I know, like we already said it, I know Washington is the number five team. Oregon State is favorite. I'm taking Oregon State. I'm taking Utah over Arizona. You know, it's a one-point spread out in Tucson. But the problem is whoever made this game, they put it early. You know, saying it's sleepy Tucson. This isn't nighttime rabbit. You know, college students been drinking all day, Tucson. You this got the hangovers. The day, Tucson, you got the hangover hangover Tucson. Like you can't knock Arizona for the things that they've done. You know, over the last couple of weeks, they've beaten four ranked teams. You know, up until this point, they had the game against Colorado last week. I put them on upset alert. They got out of there with a last second field goal. You know, so now it's time to play a big boy again. So I think they go down. You know, uh, I'm taking uh, Northwestern over Purdue. You know, I am taking, cover your ears, Mr. Logical. I am taking UNLV over Air Force. Cut it out. (laughs) I'm about to get get your retirement deducted. Mountain West chaos. Mountain West chaos up in here. You know, uh, but yeah, so those are my upsets for the week. You know, I wanted to pick Clemson over North Carolina as an upset, but then Clemson's favorite by seven and a half, so I can't call it an upset. Can't call it upset. Can't call can't it a call comeback of any few years. I mean, yeah, but there you go. But this is what this is the question that I have for you. Is there any way on God's green earth that Tennessee covers this 10 and a half against Georgia? Yeah. Because, I mean, even Missouri got nine. It was 30 to 21. Well, Missouri, uh, Tennessee, Tennessee's coming Tennessee off a 36 to 7 loss to Missouri. That's what I'm saying. So it's like you, we talked about this. I think it was, a, I think Greg Popovich or somebody said something. It was like sometimes when you hit that last second shot to win by one, you don't really go back to the tape and examine. How do we get in the position where we need a last second shot to win? Mm-hmm. But when you get Molly Wop, it could be a situation where you say, scrap the tape and you go back, get back to basics, or you really look at and say, we weren't strong here. We weren't strong here. Let's focus on these things. And then you correct those. 
Because you know how, like, in a football game, like we talked about the Rutgers-Ohio State game. Rutgers mm-hmm. only really made about two or three mistakes, realistically, in that second half. It's just that one went for the pick six because they were driving the ball up two. So they were in field goal range. Mm-hmm. You don't – you if you – if it's fourth down, you kick the field goal, you're up 12-7. Maybe Ohio State comes back. Now you're up 14-2. You know, they're at 14-12, and you move the ball. So it's like a back and forth. Maybe you get a touchdown. Now you're up 16-7. You know, so it's like – but it's just a matter of, like, the pass got tipped, intercepted return for interception. I mean, for a touchdown. And then the last couple of drives, they just threw passes to Marvin Harrison Jr., where it's like – that wasn't really – they could have ran the ball. I think it was like third down, maybe fourth down, and they just happened to throw it, and they got touchdowns each time. So that's 21 points that just wouldn't have been there, so the score would have looked way different. So you look at 36, you know, what, 36 to 7, and then the coach run up on it talking about we stand on business. I love <laughs> I love, I love, I love, little coach beef at the end because it's always Yeah, like, my guy Eli Drinkowitz. Because, you know, when you lose your job, you have to call somebody. Someone's got to get you a job. And they go, I thought you stand on business. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. So I think you look at it and you'll say, you know what? We can scrap this tape and just get back to basics. Georgia plays. You know, Georgia's going to give you their front seven is tough. Their secondary likes to hit. It's like, okay, how do we neutralize that? Okay, we run some draw plays. We get some quick stuff out in the flat. The Missouri running back, he he was getting he was getting a lot of touches, and then the wide receiver from Missouri that game was getting a lot of back shoulder passes. Mm-hmm. So you just kind of use the aggressiveness against them. You know, like I'm in press coverage, where if you're running hard, if I'm in press and I beat the press, now the corner has to like hustle back. Now you stop and get the back shoulder. So if you if you can look at little things like that, I still think they'll lose, but getting it to you know. Ten and a half seems reasonable. I agree. Um, you know, I was watching Georgia this year because, you know, we had this conversation a couple of weeks ago where I was like, I'm not putting Georgia automatically number one just because, you know, they struggled at Auburn on the road. They struggled at Vanderbilt on the road. And those are the only road games that they've really played this year. So, you know, uh, because, you know, of course, the Florida game is a neutral site game down in Jacksonville. So uh, they haven't been on the road very much this year. So, you know, there's always that opportunity. Like I've always been saying, not that I'm trying to wish any ill, but Carson Beck hasn't had a bad game yet this year. You know, like and this is saying he's due. He's due for a bad game. Yeah. I mean, like one hundred and five thousand screaming at you. Like, you know, I mean, I'm not saying that he's going to play awful. But you might just get off to a slower start. You know? But that's the uh, thing with Georgia. I, to win this many games for this long, you got a, you got a second punch. You know, like we talk about Deontay Water only mm-hmm. having that straight right hand. Right, right. I think Georgia has the jab. They oh, got the hook. They got definitely. the body shot. So I don't think Carson Beck gets to the point where he's having a bad game. Because if you say he throws two first-quarter interceptions, I don't think they panic and keep making him throw the ball. I think they just go to, you know, we'll just keep just run it down your throat. We'll just run it down your throat. We'll just go. Yeah. We'll go extra offensive linemen, extra tight ends. 
or we go two tight ends and give him an easy pass. Now, what's the guy's name? The Bowers. Yeah, Brock Bowers. Yeah. Brock Bowers. Maybe he's back. You know, maybe he's up to form. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he came back last week. So that's, yeah, so maybe he's back to form and he gets, mm-hmm. you know, gets some easy targets because that's what you have when you have a good team. You have like those outlets where you don't have to rely solely on this one player. Right. So, so yeah, if he has a bad game. It won't bother you. Yeah. So I think that um, I think Tennessee has a chance to cover, you know, but I think it might be more of a backdoor cover, if you will. You know, of course, you know, you got your punk ass games this week. You know, Florida State playing North <laughs> Alabama, <laughs> playing North yeah, it's Alabama. A, it's, a, it's a couple of those. I only wrote down like seven or eight games because yeah, a Al- lot of games. Yeah, know. Alabama playing Chattanooga, you know, Auburn playing New Mexico State. I mean, shout out to New Mexico State. They beat Western Kentucky last week, so I can't hate on them, but so bad. You know, um, so it is, of course, because that sets up rivalry week next week, you know, so these a lot of these schools do this but then you got schools like ohio state that are 27 and a half point favorites over in conference opponents like minnesota so they might as well play akron this week anyway what difference does it make yeah you know i was going um, i remember i did that early this year where i took all those big spreads and i was like there's no way they can cover and ohio state score like 63 points and against they, western kentucky yeah it was like a it was like, man, there's no way they're going to lose by 35 and a half. Yeah, they, they lost by more than 35 and a half. Uh-huh. They lost by 40, uh, 53, actually. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, um, but, you know, I think there's some stuff that could happen this week, like Texas. You know, Texas not in the clear. You know, they lost Jonathan Brooks for the season. You know, they got to go That's over. Tough. The, That's they tough. Gotta, yeah, they got to go over to Ames, Iowa, over to Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy Field. You know, so we'll see, you know, if the Cyclones can pull the upset. They've been known to bite someone or two. Kansas, you know, the Battle of the Sunflower State against Kansas State this week. Both schools still alive for the Big 12 title game. Kansas has not beat Kansas State since 2008. <laughs> Kansas State hadn't really had like a great run. I think they had a couple of years where they were tops of the Big 12 in late in November. And I think they got one maybe BCS bowl bit out of it. Well, they're with, always uh, that one they're always solid. They, they they're like the Big 12 version of Utah. You know, they're always nine and three, but then they win the title somehow, or like they get to the the Big 12 title game or something along those lines. You know, um, you know, you got some schools out here. You know, you got Mississippi State on upset alert, actually. You know, now that Zach Arnett is gone, they don't have a head coach playing against Southern Miss. You know, you playing one of those G5 schools from your state. You know, a lot yeah, of kids but... wanted to go there. A lot of kids wanted to go there. But, hey, college game day up in Harrisonburg, Virginia. In the middle of nowhere, Virginia. Not yeah. Just... Yeah, James we had to look Madison. at it on the map the other day. <laughs> James Madison hosting Appalachian State. James Madison denied their waiver by the NCAA. The, the Sun Belt came out and said that if it got approved, they would let them play for the conference title. So I don't know what we do now. You know, uh, I guess they just play the season out and just let it be. You know, they beat the team that is favored to win the conference. So what else do you want them to do to prove that they deserve a bowl game? You know, um, you got all kinds of madness going on throughout the nation. You know, I mentioned North Carolina at Clemson, you know, down in Death Valley. Clemson's a seven and a half point favorite. 
You know, uh, I think Clemson is going to win. I think North Carolina is just not a good team. They beat up on some bad teams this year, and I don't trust any team that lost to Virginia. <laughs> and Mr. Logical was, and Mr. Logical was trying to figure out why the hell is Miami favored over Louisville. I mean, you would think, unless unless they just don't believe that Louisville has earned, you know, like because you have you have Lamar and their run his run he had the Heisman even though his numbers the year after he won a Heisman were better than the Heisman mm-hmm, year. Mm-hmm. And then Malik Cunningham had numbers that are better than Lamar. Some of these schools just don't get the respect. And I think it's because they get in situations where they have these games that we as a fans think they should win, i.e. Oklahoma State last week, UCF. We're like, yo, this came off the bedlam. It's going to be the last rivalry game, excuse me, with Oklahoma for a while. You win that game, and then you come back and lay an egg against UCF. So we're looking at Louisville like, yo, you got to get these guys more respect. And the people who are making these odds, they do it for a reason. They do it because they know what's going on. So either they know something we don't know. Well, I'm guessing that it has a lot to do with the talent. You know, like Miami's got five stars and blue chips on their up and down their roster. You know, the funny part about it is, is that Tyler Van or yeah, Tyler Van Dyke is uh, starting that quarterback for Miami this weekend. But they benched him for the Florida State game to start a freshman who played lower level high school football last year who got injured. He had to come in to try to win the game. And now all of a sudden, after being benched two weeks later, he's a favorite. It just doesn't like I don't know how to like I said I got to get up in some of these rooms and people need to walk me through these power ratings and show me how they do this you know because, maybe just fits the script who knows yeah well I mean like I said I think it has to do a lot of it's going to have to do with talent you know Miami's had top ten top fifteen recruiting classes and Louisville obviously has it so you know theoretically just like tonight you know Pitt was favored over Boston College they're two and eight Boston College six and four. Starting a quarterback that hadn't started all season, and guess what? Pitt won. You know they were favorite, and Pitt beat Louisville. So you know, I mean, like, you can't call this stuff. I guess it's the chaos theory. You know, like chaos everywhere you look. You know, uh, Missouri's got Florida this weekend, favored by eleven. So Florida needs to win one of the last two games, whether it's this week or next week against Florida State to become bowl eligible, Colorado and Washington State pissing Mr. Logical off because they got Dion playing on a Friday night again. You know, uh, the loser of that game is eliminated from bowl contention. Yeah, that's that's the toughest. That's the tougher part is that I think Dion had the team in position to be bowl eligible. I think that was probably the biggest. That was probably realistically the top goal the top expectation for the team coming into the season mm-hmm. i think getting bowl eligible is like hey if somebody asked Dion privately or a staffer privately like yo what's the goal for this year and they're like yo getting six wins six wins with this non-football school that doesn't have a great tradition because it's not like people say oh it's a different team because you this is your argument a lot it's like oh they won one game last year 
But if you think about the program, how many guys were from that one win team on this team? And if that's the case, if you only had enough talent from the school to play on the team last year to get you one win, how much talent could Dion bring in that's going to like bolster that talent? So when it got to three and oh, I think the ex- the basic expectation of being bowl eligible, I think people kind of will, they push it to the side and they were thinking like, yo, we could shock the world. Mm-hmm. And hence why they, you know, they've sidetracked eventually since then. So if right. they lose this weekend, I don't think it's the end for Dion in Colorado, but I do think it's, it's not, it's going to be tough for recruits because it's going to be tough for Colorado to keep them. Because I think if you're a school, not necessarily, I think it's going to Texas A&M. Lane Kiffin takes a Texas A&M job, right? Old Miss is open. Somebody from Auburn takes that. No, like we'll say somebody from Florida State takes that job, like an assistant coach, something like that, takes that job. And then next year, another job opens up. If you think about Mississippi State, you know, I think that's open now, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so that so you got to get you got to get these jobs filled. Dion, well, well, next year, has a school like charisma. Florida might come open. Florida might come. I think Dion has a kind of charisma to where if they have a repeat of this season next year, I don't think it's going to dim Dion's charisma because I think the next school with I want to say real talent because that's like dismissive of what Colorado has. But like a like a, a like a depth, traditional like a traditional a traditional power, power yeah an LSU like LSU Georgia not necessarily but like LSU Florida Florida State Miami Clemson one of these you know quote unquote blue blood schools that keeps that has a great talent pool and a good recruiter can sway mm-hmm. players Dion's always going to be a great recruiter. And they'll look at it like, well, you had success in Colorado, but you were playing with one hand tied behind your back. You come here, we're going to have 10 hands playing for you. And all you got to do is, you know, Nick saving that thing and just control the strings. Right. And watch what happens. So I think that might be that 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 could be appealing. Well, well you know, the the winner of this game is not in the clear. You know, because even if Wazoo pulls this off, they got to go to Seattle next week for the Apple Cup. If Colorado wins, they got to go to Salt Lake City next week. So, you know, so getting this win does not get you that sixth win, you know. And, you know, we're probably going to be looking at a situation where there's not enough bowl eligible teams. So a five and seven team gets in a bowl game. And I'm going to tell you right now, Colorado getting that before Washington State does. So, you know, but obviously you can't give it to them if they're four and eight. So tomorrow's still an important game. Uh, Very important. You know, so, yeah, next week is rivalry week, you know. So, you know, we'll be back for that and making sure we're keeping an eye on that because that's my favorite week of the year. You know, now we take it over to some more football. Unfortunately, Joe Burrow got injured tonight. You know, hurt his wrist early in the second quarter in this game against Baltimore. Baltimore's up 27 to 13 with 9.56 left. 
Uh, Joe Burrow hurt his wrist, didn't return, so we'll have to stand by and see what's going on there. Tried to throw the football, couldn't grip it, lost it, ran straight to the locker room. So, you know, hopefully it's nothing serious. But, Mr. Logical, you know, we got some business to tend to. So, Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson uh, is out for the season now. You know, opted to have shoulder surgery. Cleveland, like, the the guaranteed contract that the NFL PA was hoping becomes the standard. Deshaun Watson is the cautionary tale of why that's not going to happen. But mm-hmm. press on. Yep. So, and, you know, and of course, in true Cleveland fashion, look across the field and who do they see this weekend? The Pittsburgh Good old Mike Steelers. Tomlin. Seven yes. and three. You know, we saw this game a couple of weeks ago on Monday Night Football. The Steelers got out of there with a 26 to 22 win Four with two defensive touchdowns. So now, you know, and we four uh, turnovers. Yeah, now we turn it over to Cleveland. DTR getting the start. Second so the Browns, one this year. Browns got a chance. Uh no, because I think Pittsburgh will I think Pittsburgh will play offensively the same way Cleveland plays with young quarterback short passes occasionally he'll be able to check it and they're going to play good defense i just think that dtr is going to hold on to the ball too long jj watts gonna knock it out hayward's gonna knock it out he's gonna throw it late and uh you know joy porter jr is gonna grab well you know like i think it's gonna be he's more likely to make the mistake because he doesn't have command and control of the offense. Whereas mm-hmm. Kenny Pickett, he knows his numbers are mediocre at best. But he knows to give it to Najee Harris, uh, to hand the ball off, hit fryer moves, get it to Pickens when you can. Like I think he knows that I can go 17 for 27, 201 yards, and we can win because – I'm only gonna I'm only gonna throw the ball when I really need to throw it. Whereas DTR is gonna they're gonna call a pass play. He's like, this is the out route or this is the deep out. I'm gonna throw it and it's gonna get picked. Just little little things like that where you're just a little bit more confident in your position. And I think he'll I think he'll give the ball away at least twice. Yeah, I'm picking Pittsburgh to win. Um, I do think Cleveland has a chance. I mean, when you got the number one defense in the league, you are gonna be in every game. Yeah, you but know, now you're giving the ball up at the 40. Well, well, I mean, we'll see. You know, um, you know, Kareem Hunt has been effective over the last couple of weeks. You know, helping out uh, Ford. So, you know, I think you know they'll be able to control the clock a little bit as well. You know, it'll basically be one of those ten to nine. You know, like old school black and blue I, division games. I think it'll be like it'll be it will be offensively low. I don't think it's going to be like a high offensive game. Right, right, right. I just think, like I said, I think there's going to be a situation where DTR gives a ball up mm-hmm. just just through just attrition. Just like, hey, I am not – I'm a, a young quarterback going up against an established defensive legacy. It's not like they just got good defensively. Like some team just got – some teams figured out, like the Minnesota Vikings are just figuring out being good defensively. Denver is just figuring out 
Atlanta's just figuring it out. Uh, New England is, you know, they're figuring out what their pieces. The Pittsburgh Steelers, that's all they know. We know mm-hmm. the Steel Curtain. Granted, you got Lynn Swan and Terry Bradshaw and, he's, and you know, Rocco, you know, Franco Harris and Rock, Rocky Blyer in the Hall of Fame. And, yeah, all oh, that's cool. They are known for defense. And that's what they've, like, it's the same thing with the Ravens. So even if the Ravens at some point in the last four or five years, they might have been, like, 18th overall defense. We wouldn't think that. You just make the assumption that the Ravens are good on defense. Well, yeah, right the, now the Steelers are 31st. <laughs> So it's just like you just they just they make plays. I think they just they make, make plays. plays. They turn they turn teams over, and with a young quarterback. Well, yeah, what's the, crazy uh, is you know we talked about Minnesota last year and all the one score games. You know Pittsburgh has won, you know nine straight one score games. You know, and they've also been outgained in nine straight games. You know, like, so yeah. this, this is what Pittsburgh does. You know, T.J. Watt, you know, coming through, getting a strip sack, you know, uh, defense coming up with a pick, you know, like this is just what Pittsburgh does. So, yeah, I take them over Cleveland. I think it's going to be a close game. You know, it's going to be a game that I like that the rest of America hates, but, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, we do got Justin Fields coming back this week. You know, Chicago and Detroit. You know, the matchup of the fourth Detroit and the fifth Chicago rushing offenses in the league. And, you know, there's a lot of things that stand out to me and that always surprised me. Like, I think a couple of weeks ago, you know, Kansas City was like second in defense. And I was just like, how? You know, like it just doesn't register. Like the way you said how we think Pittsburgh always has a good defense. I was just like, Kansas City can't. No way. So when I look at Detroit and their top five defense in the league, it just doesn't make sense, you know, with, with Detroit being a top four, uh, number four in Russian. It just doesn't make sense. I think Detroit, like they are kind of embodying the personality and the the moxie of their head coach. I think they drafted to fit that personality. Mm-hmm. I think Jared Goff is just perpetually, just continually, just underrated. Hey, like, their if head you look, coach. If you look, their head coach that just got contacted by his alma mater today. Listen, I don't know how much he likes college football right now, considering that this is the arc of his mm-hmm. professional NFL yeah. professional coaching career. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But that money talk. I think I think they got. A ch- I think Detroit really has a chance to represent the, the NFC in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to win their division. I think they have less. I think they have less holes than like a team like Philly. I think Philly has issues because Jalen Hurts is hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, he's hurt. And I don't know how much, but they rely on him, you know, basically being strong from the waist down and his knee seems to hurt and they keep calling the same play. It just seems like the arrogance of the Philadelphia staff is going to hurt them. Whereas Detroit, it, it feels it feels like Dan Campbell walks into a huddle on fourth and one and says, what are you going to do? Cause I got an idea. And Jerry's like, I think we should do this. And he's like, you know what? I like that idea. Let's run with it. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, some coaches like Brandon Staley can walk into a huddle and be like, it's fourth and three from the fucking 47. And Justin Herbert's like, I think we should punt it. He's like, nah, let's go five wide. 
And he's like, no, that, that that's not going to work. Um, so in, in, with Chicago, I know Tyson hasn't been like lighting it up. Mm-hmm. But something I have noticed with him is that it looks like he goes through the progressions as they are diagrammed on the play sheet. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a a dig route with an over, you know, you got a dig route and the seam route and then a flat route and then a tight end on a little drag route. If those are the four routes, it looks like he goes through one through four every time he's behind the office of the line of scrimmage. Sometimes Justin Fields looks like he's looking to bail out of there. A lot of his dropbacks. You know, I, I don't want to put a percentage on it, but a lot of his dropbacks doesn't he doesn't look like he's going through his he might be, but he he just looks like he doesn't he doesn't operate the offense the way that you know this other guy did. So he comes out against Detroit, a team that's better than Chicago, without a doubt. And they're losing 14-0 at halftime, or they're not moving a ball, or it just looks bad. It could be a situation where, I mean, do you bench him? Not like they're paying him a lot of money. He got he was right. like, like 12th or 13th overall. Mm-hmm. Didn't pick up an option. Doesn't have an extension. He is trade bait. Chicago is probably going to be a top. They got Carolina's pick. And they're going to have their own pick. I think it would be a situation where he aggravates his thumb. <laughs> well, you know, they're in trouble because, you know, uh, not only is Detroit – awesome on defense they're sixth in scoring while you know they're 27th in defensive scoring so you know detroit give me detroit uh i was tempted i, I told you this in the intro or you know a pre-meeting i was tempted pre-meeting, yeah i was tempted to take green bay over the chargers just because i don't trust the chargers fake friends you know saying i got no need for them you know the, the chargers are two and four in one score games this year you know uh when I look at this, just looking at it, no no analysis or any of that. You just look at the schedule and you're just like, this is the kind of game that the Chargers would lose. Like, for no reason at all. Well, you like, look they, at it and say, this is the kind of game that the Chargers should win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, they should yeah, win. Yeah, it's it. like, they yeah. should. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's a weird, it just depends on what you believe in. Because, like, I think the record's were three and six. Uh, I think they might be four and five, but. But like, if you think about it, you wouldn't if you if you ran down like I said, we ran down the names four last and five. week. Four and five. We ran down the names last week. Derwin James, Khalil Mack, Joy Bosa. They're on the same side of the ball. Mm-hmm. I don't think another I mean, short of San Francisco, San Francisco has that kind of like double edge, then deep safety. The, the Colts don't have two defensive linemen and a safety that's like perennial all pro not a teams don't have that they do but be, khalil mack being like second to joy bosa yeah he had five or six games in a game earlier this year yeah so like what well, game was it <laughs> it was yeah, the like, raiders like, yeah so my my knock i want to say knock on green bay is that i don't know if Matt LaFleur, Jordan Love, 
and Green Bay offense are moving in unison. They had two timeouts, minute 20 left against Pittsburgh last week. And I don't know if the, the first play maybe didn't work and they were like, eh. But mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, let's let's take a shot. Let's try to move this ball. Let's let's get the let's get a 15, 20 yard route to get this drive going, get them on the ball, save these timeouts, get them in that two minute offense and see what this young guy has. Mm-hmm. And they ran a play, maybe another play, took a knee and, and took it to the locker room with both timeouts still in their pocket. And they started driving to 20, 25. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it wasn't like they started inside the five. So you're 40, 40, 45 yards away from field goal range, and like you don't even go for it. So it lets me know that in a tight game where I think Staley will put the ball in Justin Herbert's hands and like, yo, Go make something happen on this. Third and 17 because you got a holding call, whatever. I'm throwing a 17, 18-yard route to see if we can get this because I believe that we have the talent to do it. Green Bay gets in the third and 17, third and 18. It's going to be a draw play. Let's punt. Let's play field position. I just don't know if that's sustainable because at some point you're going to need your quarterback to to make that drive. Like If you're down one possession, you're down eight, and you get the punt, with 240 left in the game, this person who you have as a quarterback, he has to be able to rely on information he's seen previously on the field in order to be successful. But if you shy away from a situation because you don't think he's ready for them in like a, a coddled moment, then when you need him to make, he's not going to throw a pick because he's not going to know what, his, what it sounds like in his ear to get the play change the line of scrimmage, make the completion, get up, decide whether or not we're going to spike it or go for it a lot. Bailey Zappi. Bailey Zappi to despite that ball last week. Mm-hmm. He had no frame of reference in that moment for what you wanted him to do. It's not a matter of – because, like, everyone knows if you're going to fake the snap, you throw it up the sideline because that's where your one-on-one matchup is. Because safety standing in the middle of the field no matter what. And he react to what he sees. If you do this, you fake a snap. That takes one, two seconds. You drop back. Even if the, the, the middle safety is out of position on the snap, he can just drop straight back. Mm-hmm. But he can't go side to side. He can't make a decision in that two seconds to help over the top. So you put the one-on-one matchup. Because even Dan Marino threw the fake snap up the side on the Ingram. When Roethlisberger did the fake snap, he threw it up the sideline Antonio Brown. You don't throw a fake snap or fake spike post route, but that's because he hadn't seen it. So you're going to put Jordan Love in a situation where – because the Chargers aren't going to blow you out because they're going to give you a chance. They're going to give you the ball back. They're going to give you the ball back on fourth and three from the 50. They're going to give it back to you. When they should have kicked the field goal, and now you got to move it down the field, and you have no frame of reference for how that looks like, or what it sounds like, I think you put yep. yourself in a you know as, at a disadvantage. Yep, fourteen touchdowns, ten interceptions for Jordan Love. Still not at sixty percent completion percentage. You know, fifty eight point seven. So like, but yeah, I expect a close game. I'm going to go with the Chargers. You know, I'm probably going to regret it, but I'm gonna go with the Chargers. Um, then. You know, down in 
Miami, Little Havana, Antonio Pierce, 2-0 as the Raiders head coach. Yeah, the, the, the slipper don't fit no more. Yeah, here comes the pumpkin. Yeah, you know, Miami, uh, you know, coming off the bye at that, you know, um, after the loss to New, uh, Kansas City over in Germany. So, you know, two in the gang is coming out like Game Busters, A-Chan might play. You know, um, Mostert has been nursing an injury, but I expect him to play. He's been practicing just limited. So and the Raiders' might- zone coverage is awful. Those Jeez. dudes were out of position. Like, Zach Wilson had any sense how to play quarterback in the NFL, <laughs> he would have abused it. Because the first few plays, is like, listen, Garrett Wilson is their best target. He was running wide open in the beginning of the game. So it's like, hey, we just talked about this in the locker room. The number two throwing it to 17, that is the combination that's going to set it off. If he was throwing it to Lazard, or if he's throwing screen passes, and you worry for that, get it. Garrett Wilson was running wide open across the middle of the field the whole first half. Mm-hmm. It's just that Daniel Hack and whoever's calling plays and you know what the Jets get in end zone. So I think the I think the the fairy tale ends. Mike McDaniel shows why it's more important to be the protege to an offensive, a couple of offensive gurus before you become head coach versus just being a really intense coach and who's a former intense football player. Like it doesn't always translate. Right. Right. So, yeah, I got Miami pretty easily in that one. Um, all I got to say is, you know, when I think about this, hopefully it doesn't end up like this. But you remember uh, next Friday, and, and Debo and Sticky Fingers jump out. This is the rematch, Craig. <laughs> Giants, your ass is mine. You got to come over to Landover now with Tommy DeVito. They're going to beat the brakes off of the Giants. It's time to take medicine. All right. So then we got, uh, obviously, the Cowboys over the Panthers. You know, no big breakdown for that one. <laughs> you know, like, uh, I don't know how <laughs> Dallas continues to get these schedules where, you know. They got, they got the Alabama schedule. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it's so crazy because I was talking to somebody at work about this the other day. Like, we're in the same division as Dallas. We play all the same teams. It just doesn't but, uh, line up the same. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, we already done played Philly twice. You know, like, played you put Buff- one punch each game. Played Buffalo, <laughs> you know, like Dallas did get San Francisco, but they've already played the Giants. So, like, uh, I don't know. But anyway, Dallas over Carolina. Um, Jacksonville. Yeah. I got Jacksonville bouncing back, you know, to knock off Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee doesn't strike me as a team that is. I think Tennessee can be one of those teams that that's that's looking for a new coach next year. I think Rabel's a good coach. Mm-hmm. I just think that the the shot callers. I know the GM came from San Francisco, so if he's used to conversations with Shanahan and McDaniel and those other guys, but offensive schemes i can imagine that a conversation with vrabel mm-hmm. probably doesn't doesn't have the same you know uh 
je ne sais quoi, I guess. <laughs> so I, I can see I can see that being one of those those jobs that's open next year. Yeah, yeah. I t- I t- I'm taking Jacksonville. All right. So I'm about to waffle. <laughs> now nah, you said it. I'm about to waffle. You, I know what you about to change too. I yeah, know yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. I I uh I wanted to take the Cardinals. I knew it. I knew over, he was over the Texas. I literally looked at it I was like, he's gonna change his mind. I can't do it. You know what I mean? Just because the Falcons are failures does not oh, mean that's yeah, that's... does does not mean that I should just overreact and act like Arizona is back. It's just yeah. that simple, you know. CJ Stroud, second in the league in passing to Sam Howell, by the way. Um, you know, top five CJ Stroud, that is. You know, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to take the Texans. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, the Texans are playing with, with confidence. They're, I saw a stat last week before the Cincinnati game. CJ Stroud already has more passing touchdowns than Kenny Pickett. He already has more career passing touchdowns than Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett's been in the league two years, 13 less games. So makes no sense. Makes no sense. Give uh James Conner should be back for the Cardinals, though. So that's a positive. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he, he came you back know, last he, week. He came uh, back and you know he should be healthier. In, yeah, the, the Falcons will make you look good. Because they just they don't they don't step on your neck, you know. The Falcons can go up 3-0, and the motivation to go up 10-0 just doesn't exist. Where some teams, the old old school New England, they were trying to go up a possession every single time they got the ball. So if they're up 10-7, they don't want to kick a field goal. They want to get a touchdown and be up two possessions. Make you have it, to climb. And make you stress it out. Some right. teams are good with being up a possession uh, or being down a possession and maybe, you know, kick the field goal. Certain teams are like, nah, we going, we going to make, that's, we going to make this work. That's, that's why I hate as a Washington fan, I hate scoring in the fourth quarter because all game long, stop everybody. Fourth quarter come, we get a touchdown. You already know the other team about to get a touchdown on the next possession. Like it's just how it works. Yeah, you know, I that's don't know tough. how it is, but that's how it works. Uh, 49ers over Tampa. You know, not this week, Baker Mayfield. You know, uh, the 49ers are back on a mission. Brock Purdy is, you know, he got his cobwebs shaking. So yeah, I expect a beatdown. Yeah. I expect uh it won't be a 34 to 3 like they put on Jacksonville no, no, last no, week. No, 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 no. Um, but I could see I could see a I could see a 27-13 game that yeah. looks and feels more like 31 to 3. Yeah. It'll it'll feel like that. But I I can see because I think Mike Evans and Baker Mayfield they'll be down a couple two they'll be down 17 and then they'll finally figure out like yo, we can win this one-on-one matchup. By then San Francisco's kind of playing playing soft. You know, like you know, teams kind of take their foot off the gas. Yeah, to use Mr. Logical's Logical's word, you know, saying Baker Mayfield and Mike Evans got some good synergy. They got synergy. Yeah, they got synergy. They got synergy. (laughs) Uh, Mike Evans is going to be on a different team next year because Tampa Bay Bay is going to be, I don't know. I think Shador Sanders is probably going to be the hot, the hot 
prospect going into next season. Mm-hmm. And I think Tampa Bay is going to put themselves in a position because I don't know if they re-sign Baker because I think Baker's up for some money. I think he's due some money. I think his fifth-year option with Cleveland, they picked up. And then last year, he kind of played that out. And I think right now, he's playing on a very, like a less than a $12 million a year deal. I don't know what it is. I love the camera trying to get up in Burl's face to see what he's saying. You know, Did I he cover that. his mouth? No, he no, he didn't. No, nah, he was talking to somebody else. But, like, uh, the camera was just, like, all up on him. Like, right there. Like, the camera was just all up on him. Oh, he's talking to another LSU guy. Yeah. You know, oh, that yeah. right hand, that right hand hurts. Yeah, yeah, he can't he's even like, dap. He, yeah, he dapped up with the left hand. That's that Josh Allen. Josh Allen yeah. wasn't even throwing. He was trying to give away souvenirs to the but, fans. He was using his left hand. But I'm glad you brought up Josh Allen. That's the next game, you know. And you know, I am proud of Josh Allen because nobody lands on their left shoulder the way that he does. Oh man, he, de- he does. <laughs> I mean, perfectly rolls onto his left shoulder on the, yeah. all those quarterback draws where they could just give the ball to Cook. So of course they. So of course they fired. Uh, Ken Dorsey the other day got Joe Brady taking over the offense. So we'll see how different the offense looks. The coach still head coach still has the same personality. So I don't know how much will change in a week. You know, um, I don't think that was an X's and O's fire. I still think it was a personality thing. I think it maybe was just like I think it was I, a scapegoat thing. I think it was like, yo, um, can't fire Josh Allen. We if you're special teams like you're the defensive coach, you're the special teams coach. If you don't send 12 dudes out there on the field, you talk about because uh Sean McDermott said in the press conference they practice going from dime to field goal block. I'm like, why on earth would you practice that? Like just it's cap. It's like, like I tell you, man, what's my favorite saying? Don't piss my pocket and tell me it's raining. Why on earth would you devote time in your practice schedule when you have timeouts? Because it's not as if Denver wasn't going to be able to get that kickoff. But they were the ones that, that had to get everybody on the field. Seconds. Yeah, they took a knee at 20 seconds. And I was Chris Broussard, first things first, was like, wow. You on second down, they're setting up to kick the field goal. When third down came around, why didn't you just have your guys on the field? Because no one practices – running a field goal block onto the field because you can see it. You don't need to go from Don. Like it just, it just was such a, it such was a, it was such a cop-out statement that is like, dog, you didn't practice that all week. You definitely didn't practice it more than twice because it's not a situation that comes up. You could practice the Hail Mary. I can see you practicing that a few times. Practice some onside kick. Couple onside kicks, two minute drill. But practicing going from dime to field goal block, <laughs> that just doesn't make any sense considering most teams play nickel. Mm-hmm. You're out there in a nickel for most of the game. You're rarely in a full 3-4 unless you're playing a, a running team like Pittsburgh or a team like uh, – but if you play a team that passes, if you're playing Miami, you're in – you might be in dime a little more, but you're mostly nickel. You're in there with, you know, your pass defense linebacking core who can tackle mm-hmm. with, the, with the extra DB. So when he said that, I was like, that's cap. And he probably he probably was in the in the locker room with the coaches talking about, man, we practice all the time. And Ken Dorsey's like, man, we don't practice that shit. 
<laughs> what are you talking about? Well, like, not, it, but, it is what it is. It happens. Like, well, it'd be better if you would have got his points. He was like, yo, the last time our offense was on the field, we got the lead. Well, you know, it's it's, it's not just uh, him. You know, like Nathaniel Hackett basically got fired too. You know, he's not going to be calling plays this week. He's so good. So, so if you're so if you're up here, you're Buffalo, and you need some elixir, what do you do? You go play the Jets. You know, they can't take the Jets lightly. They won't take the Jets lightly because, oh, by the way, they lost opening night to the Jets. Just so, don't throw three interceptions to the same dude. Yeah, don't do that, you know. But, yeah. That dude that dude got his yearly bonus in that game. Yeah, Whitehead. Yeah. yeah uh, it was like a $500,000 bonus for three interceptions because Josh Allen was <laughs> – he was out there throwing it to him like he was getting a cut of the, the thing. Like he was getting a cut of it. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take Buffalo, but I will say, if Buffalo loses this game, somebody pray for him. <laughs> somebody pray. Gotta for put him at four six. The crazy thing, and they still the got NFL. Kansas City and Philly back to back. Like, who made that schedule? The crazy thing with the NFL is that nine and eight, NFC South nine and eight. It's got to get in the playoffs. Uh, Carolina, Chicago, Arizona, and the Rams are going to have so many losses that another NFC team is going to get in at 9-8 and eight as a wild card. I just, I just want to know. Who made the schedule? For Buffalo or just in general? For Buffalo. So so check this out. So they got the Jets at home this week, right? They go to the link next week. Okay. They don't have by, to travel far. By week. Okay. Go to Arrowhead. Okay. Host Dallas. Go to the Chargers. Play the Patriots at home and close at Miami. Who came up with that schedule? Let's 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 run down their season so far. You you got that? You still got it up? Yeah, I got it up. So they lost to the Jets on Monday Night Football to start. So you got the Jets division opponent. Yeah, that was the whole uh, Aaron Rodgers injury. Uh, They killed the Raiders the next week. Okay, so you got a cupcake game. Killed the Commanders. Cupcake. 37-3. They beat Miami by four touchdowns the next week. Division game, that's tough. They lost the London game to Jacksonville. That's that's tough. Yeah. That's what won the division last year. Well, remember we we talked about that because I was like, Jacksonville played in London the week before against Atlanta. And they got in there. And then they got the advantage of being there two weeks, right? Not and having Buffalo, to fly. And then I think Buffalo didn't get there. I think they, you brought it up. they got there late. Yeah, Friday. Yeah, dumb. Just dumb. They they left New York on Friday. Dumb. And they and they uh they came out and looked like it. They didn't. They should have left on Tuesday. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't pick up until the late third quarter. You know. When, all right. I so would have had everybody in on Monday for training recovery massages whatever 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 get on the plane tuesday if you need more treatment you can get it i mean they have top flight like in football clubs 
in London. They have the same equipment. Yeah. Then uh, so then after that, that was the Sunday night game against the Giants. You know where they uh, may or may not have committed pass interference on the last. Definitely play. committed pass interference, <laughs> but they didn't commit. They didn't commit pass interference on the play before, so I'll let it slide. Then then it was uh, the game at the Patriots. You know, Thursday night against Tampa. Then when so, it- they, so they had a pretty favorable schedule early on. I would have taken Kansas City instead of playing Miami, I would have put Kansas City there. Instead of playing the Giants, I would have put Philly there just to give me a break. You know, right. Give right. me give me my early, my tough games early. Right. And then I would have gone through this stretch because playing Philly, was it Philly, Kansas City, and the Chargers all within the next four weeks? And Dallas. And Dallas. And the next so the next five weeks to include their yeah, bye so, week. Yeah, so 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 uh Philly at Philly next week, bye week at Arrowhead, Cowboys at home, at the Chargers. Yeah, I would I would have put I would have I would have taken Give me the charges early. Give me Dallas at the end. Like spread. Give me spread one of the two out. I would have taken Philly and Kansas City. I would have taken Philly and Kansas. I would. I take Philly and Kansas City back to back because I would ride off the momentum, bro. I'm calling somebody. Philly, I'm, then I beat Kansas City. I'm good to go. But you got to give somebody. me Philly, Kansas City, Dallas, and the Chargers in four weeks out or five weeks. That's that. That's no, the two best. That's too much to try to like this. No, to, I'm calling to, somebody. Over. I'm like, I'm like, hold up. So in the same season, I gotta go to Philly, Kansas City, and Cincinnati. <laughs> I forgot they played Cincinnati. How'd they end up with this schedule? All in the same. I mean, they finished in first place, I guess. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah, so, so the AFC East is but you playing... would think it would be a little more spread out, though. Like they're playing the I... NFC East and the AFC West. I definitely would have like if if I could if I could have shaped the schedule I would have taken the Chargers in week one or two and I would have taken Dallas in week sixteen or seventeen because like I said I'll take Kansas City and Philly back to back because either you win you win one game you ride the momentum to the next game or you lose two games in a row to really good teams it doesn't demoralize your season. Now, if you lose two good two those two games, and you're just done, you're gobsmacked. Now you got to play Dallas and the Chargers, who are good teams, but they're probably beatable if you can space it out. See, but it could be a situation where they could be they could legit be. I'm gonna give them five and five after this weekend. They could be they could six be seven and, and nine. Seven. Yeah, or something like that. Yeah. But but don't let my Miami's not off the hook either because the good news for them is that their stretch could be teams that already clinched divisions and all that kind of stuff by so, like weeks fourteen through so, seventeen so, so, yeah so, week, so so they so they finish so they got uh you know the Raiders this week they come up to MetLife next week they go to Landover after that Tennessee at home Jets again. And then this is where it gets tough. Their last three games, they go home against Dallas, at Baltimore, and then at home against Buffalo. 
But who knows what Buffalo is by that? Buffalo could be Buffalo can have an interim coach <laughs> and a quarter and a quarterback sitting out with a sprained shoulder. You said Baltimore. Yeah, Baltimore. Baltimore can basically, if Joe Burrow's injured, they can assure themselves as AFC North winners. Because I like I like Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh will get to seven and three this weekend. Oh, hey, Pittsburgh beat Baltimore already. I just don't see it being like right. I think right. I think by then Baltimore is gonna be like, all right, we we got this locked up. Yeah, Cleveland's done. You know, with no Deshaun. Cleveland's done. No Deshaun. If like I said, if if Burrow can't shake hands with his former college teammates as much as he talks about LSU. Yeah, he's if he can't if he if he can't lift that hand to hug a fellow tiger, yeah, then it hurts. Yeah, he hurts. something's hurting. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna take Seattle in the rematch against the Rams. You know, the Rams shocked them in week one, 30 to 13. Yeah, you know, Rams have not been talked about at all. You would have forgot that they've been to a couple of Super Bowls in the last few years. <laughs> and then you know, the Sunday night game. Dobbs Mania is the new Lynn Sanity. Oh, I remember the insanity? Yeah. <laughs> People don't realize, man, that was only about two weeks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but D- Josh Dobbs mm. got this thing going. They going out to mile high. I'm picking them to win. You know, when I look at this, I know, I know Denver's been. Win? I'm I picking Minnesota. Denver. I picked Minnesota. So I know I'm Denver's Denver. been. I know Den- Denver's been on this win streak lately, you know, but even like we said, going back to Monday night, they forced four turnovers. And they still needed 12 men on the field to get out of there with a win, you know, because they missed the field goal on the previous play. So, you know, I'm not sold on Denver just yet. You know, uh, Minnesota's defense is starting to come alive now. You know, Brian, the, the Brian Flores effect is real. You know, uh, yeah. now, now I am a little nervous because the game is in mile high. So I am a little nervous, you know, and the only reason I would pick Denver to win is because it's in mile high. But I think Minnesota is the better team. I think Denver, I'm taking Denver. I'm probably going to take Denver in a lot of games where where I think they have a quarterback advantage. Like next week against Cleveland. <laughs> like next week against Cleveland. I think the uh I think Sean Payton and Russell Wilson have come to like a like an I don't say an agreement or an accord. They had their come to Jesus meeting. That Russ will play like a rookie quarterback learning the system so that the team can succeed. Mm-hmm. I think I think people people knock Russ for they call him corny and they call him whatever the case may be. I think the I think the 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 the, the beautiful part about the way he the way he carries himself is like it doesn't seem to come with a lot of ego. I know the rumors he wanted to throw the ball more in Seattle, but I think if he's looking at the weapons he had in Seattle, he's like, yo, I got DK Metcalf. I got Tyler Lockett. They're like, we're in unison. Let me throw it because him and Tyler Lockett were making some incredible plays, very similar mm-hmm. to the, the, the play him and Sutton made where he just kind of threw it up in the back and then he dragged the toe. Mm-hmm. So I can understand Russ from that point of view. Yeah, and but I was the, the only sense. Doug Baldwin stand in the world. Yeah. I mean, he had Doug Baldwin, Curse, uh, Lockett, Percy Hart. I mean, he he had just guys who could get open and he can mm-hmm. give him the ball. I think he can 
I think he understands whatever Sean Payton's vision is. I'm still, I would probably have, never be a big Sean Payton guy. He's just not my cup of tea. I just think that his ego and his and his accolades don't really line up. But I think Russ might be one of those guys that's a little bit more accommodating. I mean, hell, he rented out the Waffle House for his pregnant wife's birthday. Now, if you're a man with a lot of money, you think, I want to spoil my wife or something. And you come to that. It's like that takes a lot of like thinking. I'm like, you know what? I think this is what she'll really, really like. Right. And I think he I think he operates in that that conversation with Sean Payton. Like, OK, this is what you want. OK, I'll go 17 for 22 for 192 yards, two touchdowns, no picks and hand the ball off 25 times if that's what you want. Mm-hmm. And I think he's I don't think he'll go to a, I don't win or, lo, win or lose. I don't think he'll go to the podium and say, I wish I could have thrown it 40 times. Right. That's why, like in these games where it's going to be one possession or it's Denver's defense versus like a young quarterback, I'm going to go with Denver because I think Russ will understand what Josh Allen does it. Don't throw into tight coverage to get eight yards when you can just scramble and get three yards. Maybe we have to punt it. It is what it is. You know, like who else is a turnover prone kind of quarterback that just likes to. Throw it Jordan in Love. Face. Jordan Love. Like I said, sometimes I think they just call these plays and they just want to make them happen. I think Russ is like, you know what? Let me get let me get this kick. Let me get this field goal. Let me get this punt. And then we'll I'll go to the tablet and the next drive will come out. So I think that's what that's why I'm picking Denver. I'm gonna pick Denver. So they play Cleveland next week with a young quarterback. Young quarterback, he's gonna make he's gonna make the bad throw. He's gonna make the read where he doesn't see the 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 linebacker that drops in the coverage. Russ is gonna see it and be like, you know what? Let me check it down. Mm-hmm. Javante Williams, what can you get? Oh, we got four yards when we need a six. All right, let's punt it. Yeah, yeah, they got Cleveland and it's at mile high again. Um then you know, of course, Monday night. The Super Bowl rematch. Hopefully the field is dry. Hopefully the field is put together correctly like a Lego set. Somebody's going to say something on Twitter. But I'm picking Kansas City. You know, um, Jalen Hurts has been off this season. You know, eight interceptions. You know, he doesn't look healthy. You know, you talked about it a little bit earlier. You know, uh, I think we were in our pre-meeting about his knee and everything. You know, um, Kansas City's defense, I think, is the difference. You know, because last year they were still young. You know, the corners were rookies, and they now they have that year of experience. Um, I think uh, when they played Miami a couple of weeks ago, uh, before the bye week, um, I was shocked. Patrick Mahomes only targeted Kelsey four times in that game. Oh, they were triple teaming him. Well, I know, but still, like sometimes you just throw Man, the ball they, anyway. They had they had the referee helping them out. They put. <laughs> It was like on that fourth, like in that third and one or third and two, Mahomes looked to throw the ball to Kelsey. It was literally three dudes around him. And it, that's when they had to punt it back to Miami. Yeah. Uh, so- looking at that Miami game, that Miami Kansas City game, the defense played well. The offense did. We saw not. the weaknesses. Mm-hmm. I mean, Patrick Mahomes threw a pass to Watson. I believe it was Watson or Gray, one of the tight ends. I mean, like, the pass was so perfect. It was like a video game. But it had to be perfect 
because there was no separation. Like he, he had like it, he slid to the right. Like he, you know, he bounces and he, he really trusts the pocket. That's one thing that I noticed about like top quarterbacks, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, like these guys. They know that they can't scramble out of there, but they also know. Oh, my offensive lineman has his left hand on this guy. I got another half a second. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes, you know, you see quarterbacks, like you see Sam Howell do it. You see Desmond Ritter do it, a lot of these young quarterbacks where the rush is getting there. And it's like, yo, if you just keep your head up, Mac Jones did it. It was a couple of plays where Mac Jones could have stayed in the pocket. And it was like, yo, you have, you have about 0.75 to one second left from mm-hmm. the time that this guy engaged your offensive lineman with that particular move, his spin move or his bull rush move. Like you got a whole other second, just wait for Gusecki to get open. And he doesn't believe that he has that. And he throws it short. Uh, so watching the Miami game, Tua was throwing it so quick that I think that was affecting the defense, but also because he was throwing it so quick, if they could stop that route, Chris Jones, uh, Tranquil, these guys were getting through on the backside because Tua, you know, being a left-handed quarterback is kind of different, you know, mm-hmm. like his first reads are normally a different size who goes left to right. <clears throat> they were throwing a lot of quick passes. I think at the drive at the end of the first half, the one that ended up when Tyreek fumbled, they threw like they threw a few quick passes to Jalen Waddle, one to Tyreek that got him in that position. And then they threw the quick screen and then they ripped the ball out of his hand. Kansas City didn't have any of that. A lot of the plays, which shouldn't have been, ended up being Mahomes magic. Cause guys simp- guys simply weren't setting up their route to where they got open. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think Philly will take advantage of that. And you said Jalen's been hurt. I agree to that. And I think Kansas City's defense is pretty solid. But Kansas City has real weapons. Right. They have AJ. Like, yeah, Philly Philly has real weapons. Kansas City. Kansas City doesn't. So even with the defensive matchup with the Kansas City defense versus the Philly offense, I think the Philly defense matched up against essentially Mahomes and Kelsey. Well, hey, ain't uh ain't uh Sky Moore and uh Kadarius Tony the Philly killers? <laughs> yeah, if you punt it to him, <laughs> if you punt it to Tony and then you go man, you go zero coverage from the seven. Oh, yeah, all right. I'm gonna get open on that route. There was right, nobody you there. You know, you know, here it is, here it is. Pop quiz. Well, Andy Reid. 31 years as a head coach. What's his record after a bye week? 31 years as a head coach. A record after a bye week is probably some bananas. Uh, 23 and 7. 27 and 4. Jesus, I was close. Yeah, I'm so proud of myself. I'm proud yeah, of myself. So, yeah, so that's so that's part of the reason why I'm picking uh Kansas City as well, you know, and of course it's at Arrowhead, so you know, um, not to be confused with Burrowhead. Burrowhead, yeah, that was cute for like a weekend. <laughs> but yeah, so you know, there you go. NFL picks are in the books, you know, and then, you know, every night before I go to bed, 
this is probably a little TMI for y'all, but every night before I go to bed, you know, I get on Peacock, I throw on the WWE Network, I start, you know, watching some old school, you know, we're in November right now, so I'm watching all the old Survivor Series right now, and one of my favorite wrestlers growing up, the Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Dream was his finishing move. Little did I know that Draymond Green was as big a fan as the Million Dollar Man as I am. Yeah, he is. Like, so. The, uh, no, Carl no Anthony points. Towns isn't, though. No, Carl Anthony Towns is more like Bobby the Brain Heaton. He just runs away whenever the conflict happens. You know, <laughs> Anthony Edwards. You Stephanie know, McMahon like, got more action than Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, yeah. You know, Anthony Anthony Edwards is like, you know, Ric Flair. You know, he he, he do all the talking. Ooh, all the talking. And then, and then when the fight happened, he's all like, that hold, jelly, me back, no hold me back. You know what I'm saying? All that like, jelly, uh, no toast. So so what so I think what I didn't realize at the time that this brawl, you know, and I use that word loosely, that yeah. like the that this brawl broke out was that like it was literally like right after tip off, nobody scored Yo, yet. It was 90, yeah, because that like as <laughs> we were doing a show this other day, I was like, Yeah, what's well, like 10 27 left in the first? It was the score was zero zero. Yeah, I was like, hold on, like hold on. How you that mad at zero zero? Let me back up. And then and I don't you even know, think Clay shot the ball. I don't even know how like him and McDaniels got into it. They were just running up the court. You know what I mean? But let me hold on. Let me get into my phone for a second. You know, say so right. I don't like to I don't like to do that, but I found this. Okay. So you know, Ruby Gobert, Rudy Gobert, you know, did his interview talking about Draymond's a clown, you know, he didn't want to play because Steph wasn't there, all this kind of stuff like that. So I found this meme from Clutch Points. Uh since 2019. Draymond has been ejected 11 times. Seven of those ejections, Steph didn't play in that game. <laughs> he just wanted to get up out of there. And I think Clay tried to beat him to the punch and just didn't do a good enough job. The the crazy thing is I saw that same stat on, um, what is it? First things first. Yeah. Draymond has played like 74 games without Steph. So seven of them he got ejected. So basically, ten percent of the games that <laughs> Steph doesn't play, he's like, I'm not interested in playing. Granted, it could be coincidence. Um, no, I don't think it is. I I like Draymond because I think, I think his behavior on the court is authentic. I don't think it's inauthentic. I don't think it's fraudulent. No, it's not an act. I just think it's at some point is unnecessary. If you like, Jim Jones had a quote. And he was like, if you can't stay motivated, stay consistent. You know, if you constantly got to hype yourself up and create and generate this beef, I know rumor has it Jordan would make up beef arguments, but I think that just comes along with the allure of Jordan as this, you know, the Zeus kind of character and our, you know, our Americana. But if you got to constantly just like <laughs> razz yourself up, you arguing like, You've been to six NBA finals. You have four championship rings. Mm -hmm. Your team has been must-see TV since Obama was president. You know what I'm saying? 73 wins. 73 wins. You have a, one of the greatest comebacks, you know, in the Western Conference finals. And then subsequently one of the greatest collapses. But even in that game seven, no, no I think Draymond – I think Draymond still went like 32, 10, and 10 in that game. 
He did. He I, like if he didn't get suspended, he would have probably won Finals MVP if they won that game. Yeah, because he was he was on one in Game Seven. But mm-hmm. with that being said, the Game Six suspension or the Game Five suspension, you know, because his acts, his behavior in Game Four cost him Game Five, and that's long been the story. Like, yo, that particular inability to maintain your emotional maturity cost you a championship. So the fact that that is like the argument, even if it's not true, even if it was a situation where even if you'd have played game five and Kyrie and LeBron go off for 82 points total, you know, it is what it is. But we never know because you, your behavior got you kicked out for game five of the NBA championships. So how are you still behaving that way literally seven years later? And you think uh, this is a serious question? You think Draymond ever beat up Steve Kerr? Nah. <laughs> I was wondering about that earlier because I'm like, you know, I think Draymond's a bit of. I think he's a bit of a bully. I think he has like a bully mentality, mm-hmm. and he knows because he's never pushed a ref, right? He's never gone in the stands, right? He just does. He just bullies the guys on the floor. And especially now that his shooting percentage and his points per game and like all of his offensive weaponry and everything that he's done has kind of like diminished. His shooting percentage is up, by the way. It seems like it's it's ramped up more. Like that, that, those antics ramped up since he became like, since Barkley called him a Mr. Triple Single. Hey, in this young season, in this young, young NBA season, he is shooting 45% from three. You know, uh, he is shooting 48% from the field. But to your point, he's averaging 8.8, 5.7, and 5.1. Mr. Triple <laughs> Single. So that's, so that's that's my only piece is like, I don't understand the – but me – like, that's not my personality. I'm not one of those in-your-face confrontational people. And considering that we all watched his team essentially miss out on the greatest season in NBA history, because that 72-10 and 10 Bulls team would have been had to play second fiddle to 73-9. and nine. Mm-hmm. And as much as people talk about you know, the GOAT, that 73-9 and nine team would have beaten a guy that people want to argue is the GOAT. Mm-hmm. So I think that would have been a feather in their cap as greatest team of all time. And maybe they don't get Kevin Durant or whatever the case may be. Maybe they sign Harrison Barnes back and they run it back, right back. Maybe they keep all those same pieces. Depends on how the money laid out. But, I mean, it. they end up getting an opportunity to get Kevin Durant. They got two more championships out of it. So, People don't look at it the same way, but if Kevin Durant doesn't come there and they don't get to keep their team together, that Draymond suspension can really loom. But it seems like everything's kind of like worked out to where his antics haven't hurt them. To this day, I still think, you know, 2-5. I I do think that I'm the only person that holds the Warriors accountable for that. Like everybody else just bangs on Kevin Durant and calls him weak and all that kind of stuff like that. I think I'm the only person that views the Warriors as weak. 
No, I think the move collectively, I think everybody involved. But 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 all but it's been all laid at his but it's been all laid at his feet as if. But that's because these guys don't wear these guys don't wear masks. They they they're like their faces are exposed. No, but same thing in baseball. Like A. Rod gets the heat for not winning World Series because you can see his face. But as if Draymond didn't run to the parking lot and call him. As if Kevin Durant is on that team if Steph ain't want him there. You know, I mean, that's just me though. But anyway. they all flew out to the Hamptons to get him to get him. Yeah, to come. what is it, the Hampton Five or whatever? Uh, but but you know, was but it? yeah. So so hold on, Let, let's get back to the sleeper hold. So like we were talking about this, like you know, if we were Carl Anthony Towns should have put Draymond in a headlock. He or he should have knocked him on his ass. One or the other. One or the He's, other. At least at least pull his boy away. You know, what I'm saying like, like Paul Gobert, do something. He, he gonna come do, out here looking like a fake ass Will. He out here looking like a fake ass Will Smith, and he letting Draymond treat him like Jada treat Will. Out here look like the Fresh Prince of Bel Air after you got the Bel Air. You gotta you know get. I, mean? I need you like, on that Philly. I need you on that West Philadelphia. Like yeah, the original least, Fresh Prince, not this new one, because this new yeah, Will not, is all not the change. one that flew and got the taxi <laughs> and your home. You know, but 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 no, the but like Bel Air. But but I was just sitting there thinking. You brought up Anthony Edwards, and I got to go back and watch the video again because I didn't even think about Anthony Edwards. I just saw a cat's big. He ass. was hugging cat. He was hugging cat. Yeah, and I'm just sitting there like, look, man, like so cat. So this is this. I'm, I'm you ain't you ain't UFC and my boy, and I'm just gonna stand there. So Draymond got his right arm under Gobert's beard. Gobert's whole beard. Is over Draymond's <laughs> forearm and bicep, like the whole thing is like this. So he had good technique. He he had a good legit. Conor McGregor <laughs> would have been proud of his. Joe you know Rogan's probably Bones talking about that technique right now. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. So Draymond <laughs> is here, and you can see. I don't know if he was mouthing something, but this might be where it becomes a fish story. I'm just adding stuff to it. But he he had that look like, I wish you would do something. So it looked like he had malice intent. With yeah. the headlock, yeah. So then, call Anthony Towns. He grabs Draymond by the deltoids, <laughs> and they're just sliding, like they're just sliding to the left. Yeah, like, he all he sweaty. Just, yeah, he just like, and he's like making it seem like he's doing something. And then Anthony Edwards grabs Cat, and they're all just sliding together. So Gobert's getting choked up. Draymond's holding him. I mean, I'm glad he didn't Kat, actually put him to sleep. <laughs> and Cat and Cat is holding on to Draymond, and then Anthony Edwards is holding on to Cat. And then Steve Kerr was more active in getting Draymond off of Gobert than, than his, his two were. hands were more active than the other four hands. They were both touching Draymond, <laughs> or like it just, yeah. All right, so like, so what's your sorry? So so what's your thoughts? Five games, too much, too little, too just much, right. Way too much, too much. Okay, it's 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 a reputation suspension mm-hmm. because all he really did was grab him by, like he just grabbed him. He wasn't yeah. choking him out. He didn't throw out. punches. He didn't. He didn't choke him out. He wasn't on the ground. He was. So you can't get a good choke hold while you're moving. Like you got to really like crank it and like stand still. Like that's where the that's where the power comes in. So he wasn't choking him out. He just was grabbing him. So it's the equivalent in my mind of him grabbing him by the jersey. Well, that's like Rudy Gobert. Him. You know, he's like, oh, he's a clown. And I'm like, I didn't see you trying to get out that choke hold. 
Oh, it was deep. Oh, it was locked <laughs> in. Listen, I don't, I don't know if you have been in a choco before, but you can't if it's if it's in there deep. And you got to keep in mind, Draymond's a big dude. Yeah. Like Draymond, we look at these NBA players and we think of them as regular size people. Like I told right. you, my boy Jeff and Jeff, Jeff, Matt, and Nate. You know my friends from Utah. They're you know three brothers. They are six 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 four six three and a half six four. They're some of the tallest people I know personally. I got a cousin named Al. Is about six eight. So the, those four people, they just tower over me in any kind of situation. So. Draymond is six seven, so Draymond's a big dude. So it's not like it's just as easy as getting a soccer player off another guy or like a second baseman off of a shortstop, you know, whatever right. the case may. Like Draymond's a big dude, but Cat is also like six eleven, so he should have been able to get in there. I think I think Anthony Edwards might be like close to six three, six four, not as big as Draymond, but Cat is bigger than Draymond. It should have been a little bit more. Should have been a little bit more intensity. With well, him coming back, to the aid of Rudy Gobert. Well, it just goes back to my theory of they don't mess with Gobert like that. You know what I mean? Like if uh, Pat Beverly was on a team, we'd be having a different conversation. Oh, right Pat now. Beverly would have threw a chair at somebody. Like he would have been he'd the be boondocks. Like, <laughs> he'd be like, yo, how many times did Pat Beverly hit Draymond in the head with a chair in the locker room? And at because it would have been a they would have kept they would have looked for him. And then he would have came out with the camera to show the ref, like, nah, Draymond yeah. Gray grabbed him first. <laughs> oh, yeah. Pat Beverly Pat Beverly would have missed about 32 games. Yeah, that was, like because I think I think he would have thrown. Well, punches. you saw his video. He was like, "Yo, I taught you better than that." Oh, talk like, about cat. Like he's like, "I taught you better than that." And I get that the NBA, the NBA does go over the overboard. We talked about this in the group chat before because I think it was a conversation. This is when we had like more white guys in the group chat. I remember we had this conversation because we lost a lot of white guys in 2020 in our sports group, the 365. <laughs> when we were having George Floyd conversations, a lot of people just kind of fizzled out. Like, uh, yeah, this is this this might not be the group for me. When you say stuff like, "Let's see the whole body cam footage," like, yeah, this is not the right group for you, player. Yeah, because uh, it's like so we lost a we lost a few guys then. But one of the conversations was like hockey and baseball, predominantly white sports. They let the fights play out as part of the entertainment, and every the bench is clear. The you know, in hockey, they fight. The refs Brandon, chill. They fight all regular season long. And it seems for some reason the playoffs, they tend to not fight. I wonder why that is. Yeah, the refs, um, the refs just stand there. And the refs let them, the let them chill. And when they get like, to the ice, then they tackle them. In the NBA and in the NFL, one punch, makes black you a sport, thug. one punch makes you a thug. It gets you kicked out of the game, even though you're out there throwing your 255-pound body around. I'm like, this punch, if – if Fred Warner were to punch uh, Jalen Hurts in the head, that's way less impactful than Jalen Hurts getting blindsided off a of blitz by Fred Warner. But mm-hmm. they'll treat the punch like it's the most violent thing ever. I'm like, do you know what these dudes are doing? They're wearing metal helmets. Like, they're wearing ceramic and metal helmets, banging into each other at full speed. Um. But we talked about like so in the NBA, it was like you step onto the floor, they're gonna kick you out of the game. So I I can see how you don't want Cat to punch Draymond in the face or Anthony Edwards to punch him in the face. But he already had your boy in the chokehold. So at a minimum, if you match that energy, they can't say you took it overboard. 
Right. And I mean, like, and look, and, and I don't want to do the whole like some games matter more than others or whatever, but the T Wolves, you know, came into that game eight and two. So like we still got 70 games to go. You know what I mean? Like you could miss these five or whatever. You could miss these three games or whatever it is. Yeah. And you know, and earn the respect of your team. You know, no, no, let your teammate know that you got his back, even if you don't like him. Like you know, like it's like one of those things, right? Like you definitely I'll, can't be like remember when LeBron held Chris Paul back in that yeah. rondo. Everybody banged on LeBron. It's like, well, LeBron's like, yo, Chris Paul's my boy, but like, yo, Rondo's on your team. Right. I was one That's of those it. people, you know what I mean? Like, and yeah, I wasn't Rondo's on your team. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't banging, banging on him, but it was I wasn't like, banging on him, but I did yes. point that out. Like, you know, because I mean, I understand, like, that's your boy. Like, naturally, you're going to be like, yo, you good? Like, whatever the case may be. But yeah, we do that at the Hamptons party. That's my yeah, boy. We Ron do that was at- my team. Yeah, when we had the white party with, you know, you know, Mike Rothstein and all those Go other to guys. the locker room after the game and be like, yo, yeah. Chris, you know, I, I wanted to have your back, man, but I just, you know. You yeah, know I gotta ride. I, go. I gotta ride for the team that's paying me forty five million. Yeah, and then y'all yeah, eat yeah. some steak, and you know, and, and your wives like just chill out, and you know, yeah, on, get back on, on a, a banana boat. Yeah, there you go. That's what I was trying to think of. Yeah, but but you know, but, but yeah, boat. like like you know what I mean. But even that, like I don't remember Brandon Ingram, like getting suspended for like thirty games or something over that. Nah, I think he got. I'm gonna say he got single digits. Yeah, that's what I'm seven. saying. It so, might have so, been three because I think what did he get because he pushed. He pushed James Harden. The scuffle broke out. And then he, the ref got between him and James, and he shoved the ref. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where he got his games. But games. even then, yeah, like I said, even then it was like I knew it was low single digits. So yeah. I definitely would have taken a headlock. Yeah. And, OKC and, is beating the brakes off of and, Golden and, State right now by, yeah, no, by 18. You know, he's getting his knee reevaluated, but, 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 you know, but it's one of those things where like, you know, like I said, I'm not condoning violence. I'm not advocating for violence. I just, but I'm just a believer of there's something you got to do. Like, like I've, like I've always said, you know saying? I'm probably the last person that would just walk up to somebody and punch them. You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't just walk up on somebody and punch them. That's not my thing. But there are reasons that you could get punched in your face. Like, you know what I mean? There are things that you can say to me that, that will make you punch in the face. There are yeah. things that you can do around me or like whatever that will require me to put my hands on you. But I am not looking to put my hands on somebody. I'm not around looking for a fight. So, so in that situation, so like I said, bringing it back to us, like if we're at a bar, like we're at, I don't know. You like you mentioned like a, a podcast convention or something. Yeah, we're at a podcast like, convention. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If something breaks out, I'm not thinking to myself, like, oh man, if I punch this dude, like ESPN ain't gonna call us. Like, I'm thinking, like, yo, like, what you doing? Like, why you up yeah, with my dude? Like why that? why is your elbow underneath my boy's beard? Yeah. Like so, so I saw people, so I saw people arguing about this because you know, um, like you mentioned, Draymond's reputation. So, so I saw some people saying, like, you know, Gobert uh, went to grab Clay or whatever he was trying to do. So Draymond saw that as an act against my teammate. I don't know what's going on. Like, it's heat of the moment. You touching my my boy for some reason. I'm going to just grab you. It could have been way worse than that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, 
He could have grabbed him, threw him on the ground, and started stomping him. I don't know. But, but the but thing know, about Draymond's reputation, I'm looking to get me a piece of Draymond if I'm Anthony Edwards or if I'm calling your towns, the way he's talked to you over the years. Right. Like the way he's back, you know, the way he's I know he says something slick to you because I I still I never forget what he said to Paul Pierce about you think you get that Kobe, you think you could get that yeah, Kobe toy. They don't, they don't love like you that. like that. <laughs> so I'm looking to get him. I'm pretty sure he has said things of that nature. I mean, hell, Jordan Poole caught that right hook to the face. So I'm looking at it like, yo, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get one and on Draymond. Because it's not like he hasn't put himself in a position where he doesn't he hadn't deserved getting slapped right, in the face right. once or twice. And make it's, him react and get him suspended for longer. Yeah. Like if you if if you mad because Steph hit a hit a three and shimmy knowing you, all right, that's not that's not enough. But I'm pretty sure Draymond says some real disrespectful shit to you or some real tough guy shit to you. Like, well, I'm Anthony Edwards, and this is my opportunity. Adidas is already paying them a couple hundred well, that, million. Well, that's, why, that's why the whole Jordan yeah. Poole thing was funny, because everybody was like, what did Jordan Poole say to him to make him do that? And I'm like, what do you think Draymond wasn't saying that Jordan Poole was responding to? Yeah. Like, he ain't no innocent bystander that was minding his business, and Jordan Poole said some well, shit. But they if you're were... dealing if you're dealing with a guy like Draymond and you know what's coming, you need to go ahead and uh you gotta yeah. be ready to squabble. Yeah, and that, and that's what I said. Like, like I'm not the type of person that's just gonna walk up on somebody and like steal on them or something, but like, but you know, but there are moments and situations where it just requires that to happen. Like, you well, know, sometimes um, you, you sometimes you have to do it. My mom would always tell me, she was like, Did you start the fight? I'm like, nah. She was like, Okay, what happened? I'm like, you wouldn't leave me alone. And I was small, like like my mom was real worried about me because I was a small kid growing up. I I didn't really, hit, I never really hit a growth spurt. I hit a growth like projection, like it was like all right, I was four feet tall, then I went to four foot two, then I was four foot. Like it wasn't like over the summer I went from four foot to five two. Like I, just, right. you know, like I was always like smaller um of my age group, so I just had a mean right hand, and she knew it because she had one too. I see my mom put put paws on some people throughout my days so she was with it if you like listen keep your keep your energy keep you you know be mal-mannered but if somebody press you you gotta let them know because you're small they think they could just do whatever to you and i was like all right you give me the green light it's duck duck goose out here so i would act like i had i had to because it's like i couldn't be in a position where you think you're gonna just bully me and i think draymond bullies people and no one checks them for it. It's like, first of all, no one in the NBA is going to throw any punches. Yeah. All I'm right. Bushing, so- like, I, I'm bushing them in the face. At a minimum, if I'm calling Anthony Towns, I'm grabbing him by the face or something. Because it's like, yo, it is what it is. You box me, cool. I got enough money. So if I lose a few games, it is what it is. My team's eight and two. They suspend me for five or six games. Cool. But as long as I don't go on a crowd, you could probably expect your suspension to be under 10 games. If you keep it on the floor with a fellow NBA player, you don't hit a ref, you don't hit a coach, you don't hit a security personnel, you don't hit a fan, you can probably assume that your suspension is less than 10 games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the whole thing was just weird, especially, like like I said, just for the fact that the game had literally just started. Like I was just like, yo, did Clay, Man, it was, was Clay zero, trying to get ejected zero. too? Like, you know, like, I don't know what was going on. No like, playoff like, animosity, no conference seating, no history. Like, I can't think of anything that would make 
McDaniels feel like. First of all, I don't think I've ever seen Clay Thompson go at anybody. No. So, yeah, so it may so. it might have just been one of those things where Milwaukee, not Milwaukee, but Minnesota's feeling like, yeah, we we need to earn our respect, and this is where we're gonna do it with this this intensity. Um, but I mean, it it works. I'm just glad. I'm just glad Steph wasn't out lost. there. I'm just glad Steph wasn't out there because if dude would have grabbed Steph like there, it would it would have been like in a national emergency out there. All I'm saying, if you grab stuff like that and you got his beard <laughs> and elbow, Draymond's punching you. Like yeah. for all, like all I'm saying, everything else, like I think, like a lot of his antics can be over the top, tailored, and like you know, they can yeah. be a little bit more tempered. He's he's if you like that's why he went after Gobert for you know grabbing Clay. He's he might hit you with some John Jones elbow <laughs> kind of situation. If you grab, if you grab, come on, you grab stuff like that around the neck. It's a right. Steve Kerr might hit you. Yeah. Steve I'm Kerr not, might I'm hit not, you. I'm not, off the the table. I'm not taking off the table that Draymond might have beat up Steve Kerr before. I'm not taking that off the table. Listen, Steve Kerr got punched by one of the greatest basketball players of all time. Uh, yeah, and Draymond big. bigger than him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you know, but no, uh, but yeah, the Warriors, you know, like like I said, we'll see what happens with Steph getting his knee reevaluated, you know. So they're gonna be getting worked until he gets back. You know, um we'll, we'll see, you know, but like you know, but I'm I'm pro defend your teammate, you know. Absolutely. If you gotta punch somebody, sometimes you just gotta punch somebody. Like you, you, a good, you listen. A good mush has a, a good mush, like a good hand, palm, thick, especially NBA player. Your hands are ridiculously big, anyway. It's it doesn't hurt like a punch, but the 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 morale of the person that gets mush, it looks more embarrassing. Mm-hmm. If Twitter screenshots this. Versus this, because everyone, everybody been punched in the face before, right? But to get to get a mush, like just a full on in 4K on national television, just yeah. And then you stumble because if you get punched, you might stumble back the same distance as a mush, but the mush just looks so much more disrespectful. It's like a yeah. slap, yeah. Like so yeah, because somebody could sucker punch you, they can't sucker mush you. Yeah, they can't. So <laughs> if they mush you, but they don't slap you. Then the ABA suspends you per like the mush. So you might get a couple of games because it's not a slap or a punch. But see, but now I don't even but it's know. It's more what... disrespectful. So, like, I'm going to do this to you and it's more disrespectful. And I'm going to go get two games. But if I punch you, I'm going to get six or seven. If I choke hold you, obviously, it seems to be the standard is five. If I slap you, I imagine it's four, three to four. You know, like the Brandon Ingram, he got the punch and the shove. So yeah. a good, a good, a good mush. So is this like so is this like baseball? Like the next time that the Warriors and uh T Wolves play, like you know, Gobert gonna have some words for Draymond? Uh they're gonna have a they're gonna have a real meeting. They're gonna have multiple meetings. It's gonna be Zoom conferences between the GM and the whoever is in charge of the rules and who is who's ever head of the refs. Like, listen, we're not taking no no BS this game. And then <laughs> Be another Zoom meeting with the GM, the president, and the coaching staff, and probably Draymond is a team leader and 
the ringleader of like, hey, this was going on. Yeah, because I mean that's that would be smart. That's me thinking like a military person trying to trying to be somewhat proactive in a volatile situation. Like, listen, we know it could go left, but we're letting you know now if it goes left, mm-hmm. the two people involved get ten games. You can take it to the NBA PA after that, but we'll let you know right now ahead of time in this Zoom call, Draymond. If you have a, a, a you know a recurrent a resurgence of this energy, we give you ten games, and anybody else getting five. Well, unfortunately, they don't play again until March twenty fourth. It'll fade by then. Hell, one of them probably be on each other's team. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Clay might be a Timberwolf by then. Hey, you know, yeah, Stephen A. done called that man useless. You know, like, so, yeah, like, you know, this is where we are. Early basketball, in-season tournament, you know, like, you know, all this is, you know, I don't know. Like, I guess everybody at their emotional peaks right now. Yeah, I mean, sports is hot right now. I was telling someone, they were asking me about my podcast. I'm like, well, about the podcast. I was like, the podcast is dope because there's so much going on. I'm like, like me and Mike spent, man, we were scrambling this summer. Mm-hmm. Me and Mike would spend two days trying to figure out topics, you know. And if something was on Odd Couple, we wouldn't talk about it because that would be the only other thing going on. So we had to, you know, if you look at some of our summer topics, it was a lot of stuff that we had to really dig deep. Mm-hmm. Now it was like Michigan just gives it, Michigan just giving us stories every single week. A gift that keeps giving. Ryan Day out here with his beard dyed black, knowing he's four or five years older than me. I'm like, come on, player, let it go. <laughs> Elsa, let it go, let it go. Like your beard ain't black, Dion. You just Dion. You know what I'm saying? Let his finally his go. Michael Irvin. Yeah, but go. he went. It, but the he hair. went. But he went and got his hair done though. Yeah, I mean everybody want their hair. Michael Irvin, come on now. You know what I'm saying? Your, your hair ain't jet black. Stop it, Stephen A. Let that <laughs> thing go. That hair is gone. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Clark, you up there too? I know you be wearing them nice suits, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, go it ahead, is what it is. Right on Greenberg, you get it too, Mike Greeny. All y'all on here with perfectly manicured hair is all the color it was when you was 27. Cut it out. I know. I seen them pictures of DJ Khaled during COVID. Ooh, wee. Him and Diddy oh. and uh, Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. <sighs> Kevin Hart looked like a salt and pepper sugar. Yeah. You know what Next saying? time looking he came like out for his hair was this color. Yeah, he was out here. He out here looking like me. You know what I'm saying? I'm about to get rid of this though, but you know, but yeah, he out here looking like I'm me. Leaving mine. I take my pictures like this so I can show it off. <laughs> like I earned every single one of these 42 years on this planet. I've been working for these grades. Mm-hmm. But yo, I got a big week coming up. You know, got a uh, I'll be at UTSA USF tomorrow night. You know, final home game of the season, senior night, you know, uh Thunderstruck. You know, ACDC up in the house. And then, you know, next week, Thanksgiving, I'm going to be up in Jerry World for the first time, you know, watching those commanders, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, by, by the time I get there, I won't have the Kobe eye no more. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, <laughs> I, can, I can fully focus and see what's going on up in here. But, yeah. Yeah, I so, got uh, I got MetLife tickets, Jets, Falcons, December 3rd. So that's a couple mm-hmm. of weeks. But like I was telling you in the pre-meeting, I got it on the visitor sideline. On I'm a I'm trying to think if the tunnel was that way. I don't I don't believe so because my son's played some football games there. Man, that thing look bad. <laughs> like so, I think the tunnel's the other way. But I'm close enough to where uh, Arthur Smith can hear me if it's fourth and one and he tries to call a quarterback sneak. I'm gonna scream, "Don't call that damn quarterback sneak!" 
give it to one of the 250 pound running backs you have back there. But I'm close enough where you can hear me. Yeah. I'm trying to get thrown out. I'm trying to either get put on TV or get thrown out. So I'll be no, screaming so from Ooh, Euro from, from Mellow Sports he, Reports is ordered the whole time. He didn't went from mellowed out Virginian to loud ass New Jersey and now. Listen, man. <laughs> You're not gonna get anywhere in this state being meek. Yeah, yeah. No pun intended. You no know pun what intended. Saying? Yeah, you know what I'm saying because the meek will inherit the earth, or you know something like that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. But on that note, folks, Jersey is ordered. Jersey stand up. You know, especially T neck. You know what I'm saying. We ain't forget y'all out there with what y'all did FDU. to the Baltimore makers. FDU Let's in go, the house. FDU. Even though their coach left and went to Iona, but, you know, it's all good. You know, like the money does. We'll be back next week, everybody. You know, enjoy your football weekend. God bless all that. And we love you, America. Peace.